everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here with my co-host and friend, Vic Mattis of The Free Beacon. And we are over-caffeinated and underprepared. That's, that's not true. Oh, look, no. I actually printed off stories oh, well. today. I am not underprepared. That's very good. And you wrote on top of that. You it have might, like honestly, marginal notes. Honestly, it might not bode well. <laughs> We'll I'm see. always better off. I'm always, the as you could tell, I'm always doing stuff. I got highlights here and 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 notes on the side here. I have a, a church story for you. Okay. A church story, which is this. Only a few weeks ago, our church was reopened and newly renovated. It was a multi-million dollar renovation. Wow. It was huge. It was brand new pews and marble and lighting. And they put like stars on the dome and there's an Oculus. It's weird because I think of very... the Catholics as very understated when it comes to the... <laughs> Right. This is not, you can always tell. It's not a wooden yeah, country church. You, you can always tell the difference between the Catholic and the Protestant churches. And, and the, 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 it's a big show. And it's really something. It's like the gateway to heaven, right? That's the whole idea. So anyway, we're all there. It's beautiful, except for the lighting. It's it's very bright now. And I think that's part of the whole, I think those are like LEDs, you know? So ah. I like the, the warm dim, yes. but this is very bright. Give me some candles. Yes, yeah, so this is very bright. But while there, while we were there, somewhere in the back, a family was there with a little kid, a little baby or a kid, who starts hammering on the pews, like, bak, 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 right? The whole thing, right? Yeah. It's great to bring in kids to church. I we, this, this church usually has a lot of, this parish, like a couple other parishes in Arlington, with a lot of large families, a lot of babies. It's great. It's fine. Babies make noises, usually sit in the back. It's fine. Most babies are just curious, and they get to see that there's an other, right? It's not about right. them. It's not about mom and dad. It's, there's this other presence that everyone's paying attention to, and you learn that from an early that age. That is a I very nice way of putting that, Vic. I learned it from my wife. <laughs> I came, I, you think I came up with this credit, myself? Credit to Kate. <laughs> Please. But that's you know the whole reason you bring your kids to church. Great. But this kid he just kept on banging away at the new pews. And something happened that I hadn't seen at this church before. And I find the uh, pastor, he's very intimidating. And he's very smart, very intimidating. He try, you know, he's funny, but I'm still kind of, you know, he's a big guy. Right. Right before they begin sort of the Eucharistic liturgy, he just finally stops. And he just <laughs> shoots this look in the direction of the kids and the family. Cold like out! With this angry look on his face. And I think it was two parts. One, disruption, right? But two... These are brand new pews. What do you do? You're letting your kids say, it is weird. I think so. You know, I mean, it's like, and some parents are like this. We're like, hey, you know, look at us. We're doing our good. You know, we brought the kids. You know, we get credit for that. And then it's like, okay, kids go crazy. You know, control. No, it's aunt. tricky. Take them out. What do yeah. you stand on all this? Uh, no, I have I have sympathy for the parents. However, here's, here's, your, here's the deal. There's a learning curve with taking your kids into public and having them act like civilized human beings. Yes. Which means you have to go through moments uh-huh. where they are not civilized human beings and you are embarrassed. Yes. Yeah. Now, I try to keep these moments short and clear them out of whatever mm-hmm. situation they're mm-hmm. in, particularly if it's a solemn yeah. moment with the brand new yes. Yes. facilities. In fact, what I used to do, I was just talking about this on Twitter today because Carol Markowitz of the New York Post wrote a piece on basically saying, look, your kids are on screens too much, and you know it. You should probably fix it. It's not good for them, yes. and it doesn't help them become active members of society. Because here's the deal. Once you start as a two-year-old on a phone at dinner or a tablet at dinner when your parents go out, it makes sense. Of course, the parents are like, well, she's quiet if I do this. Yes. Get it. I get some peace now. But if they 
only do that by the time they're six, seven, eight, they have not learned the skill of sitting there and enjoying dinner or not enjoying dinner, which is part of what you have to do in public as well. So I took my kids on training runs. I would take my oldest when she was young Uh to the deserted giant at 7.30 in the morning or 8 in the morning and make her walk through the aisles with me and listen to me and not pull things off the shelves because I knew if things went badly, I could fix it without a lot of onlookers. And then we would do... (laughs) Yeah, it's like when you go, that's key. And then we did training runs to casual restaurants because I'm not going to make a huge to-do at Waffle House. Like nobody's mad at me for having hellions at Waffle House. Yes. (laughs) But the food is good, so that makes mom happy. So I would take them there to train, and now they're sort of basically human when I take them in public. But it's... There's a learning curve. Our, our, we've been very blessed. Our kids have been very good for a long time in restaurants and nice restaurants. But you're, you're right. And, and, and you know me. That's what I like. Yes. And sometimes the wait is forever, and they just learn to sit there with, you know, and they just learn to sit there. You have to bore them. You do. You, you have know, to no, bore and that's them. A, you, and the, you know, and, the, uh, and they, they'll, they'll find things to do, but they learn this, as you're mentioning, but I remember... You know, having like going to a pizza place, Joe's Pizza, which is now gone in Arlington. And, you know, it was not a pleasant experience. Yes, you know, and, exactly. And, and, you have to, that's when the parents have to suck it oh, up. You have to suck it up when they're young yeah. so that you get the benefit, benefit when they're a little bit just, later. I just older. want to sit and have a slice, but, you know, you cannot fall off, the, falling off the, the, the high chair, you know. I, I've been throwing things. Oh, you know, it, it just, it's, but. It's a good payoff at the end, and you're right. Yes. And, 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 and I haven't read Carol's piece, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens to a lot of these kids who start with the effects of early on a sort of iPad and phone, and what, what, what will that mean? I mean, you know, my kids, a lot, their generation, it's a lot of yeah. things that we did not have. Well, and again, sympathy and empathy for parents who went through the pandemic where they had oh, to use yeah. the screens as a crutch or yeah. they had to use the screens yeah. for school because yeah, that yeah. was what was required. Yeah. Or this and this one, I think about this one a lot. People who had young kids who have never been to a restaurant because they were in their they were not yeah, going to restaurants go for several mm-hmm. years. So you didn't get a training ground. So that changes yeah. that whole situation. So but I do think my big my big one that I have trouble controlling is toddler on a plane kicking the back of a seat. Because the toddler's not mean spirited. And also, I cannot keep my arm in front of the feet. So are you talking about your kid or a kid behind you? No, no, I'm talking about my kid. Because I understand that this is a a repeated Mm -hmm. offense Mm -hmm. that I should be in control of. And yet I am not in control of it. And I can put my arm on the kid's feet. Then the kid starts crying. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. We have hampered ourselves because you can't come down on your kid in public. No. Right? So your tools are limited. That's right. (laughs) Because our society will be like, oh... That kid's misbehaving, but if you come down on your kid, oh, that mom is misbehaving. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. We waited till our kids were like almost, we're like three and five or four and six yeah. or something like that because we didn't. But I, I'm always amazed. You know, my sister did it with her kids when they were tiny. And you, you of course, and some of my coworkers do it. And it, 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 it amazes me. God bless you. I try. How I try. are you? I'm good. We had a We had a full weekend. My kids are... My kids are getting social lives, and it requires yes. me to do a lot of legwork. You wish they you wish they didn't have friends. Honestly, Is that what you're saying? honestly, that's what I wish. No, no, no. I do wish for them to have friends, <laughs> rich friendships. Yes. 
that happened mostly within a three or four block radius of my house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, Which, no, no. By the way, in this neck of the woods, you're also having friends who are rich. <laughs> they're asking you it's questions just, like, why do we just, have that? It's yeah. just a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. She has much cooler toys. It's a lot. So we had a, we had a very busy Saturday that included a bake sale that I had thought was like a phantom bake sale that they were just sort of imagining. My oldest and her friends at school seemed like they were they, we're going to do this bake sale. Oh, sure. And but you're I, just nodding along like, yeah, But I hadn't great. heard any details. Right. And then all of a sudden it occurs to me, well, I should I should text the other mom and see if this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And she says, I didn't know if it was real either, but it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Do you want to do it today? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so at that point, we have nothing baked. You had to do a last minute bake, or did you... I did a I did a last minute okay. bake. So I found I had enough for pralines in our Ooh. cabinet, which yes. So pralines are tricky because they they look sophisticated and fancy, but they're really not. There's like three ingredients. And it's in them. got a great name. Pralines is such a great. Is that a, that's a southern thing? Yes. Pralines and they're oh. so delicious. They're dangerously delicious. If I if I do so say myself. So I made those, and then I found an old uh, like cake mix in there. I was like, these look like. This can make cupcakes. So anyway, we made the thing. Best buy, not used buy. It was best buy. I'm sure. Drop them off. They had a great time. They made a ton of money. Apparently, they're very aggressive salespeople. What were they charging? Oh, I don't know, but they made a lot of money, and they are <laughs> going to donate donate it. I think to the mission at the at the school. Oh, because they adopt kids in other okay. countries, and so it's very nice. Wow, very nice. Oh, I thought this was just a sp- divide the riches. I mean, among I, them. Honestly, I wanted my cut after making the pralines all morning, but. <laughs> Came out okay. And then on Sunday, we had the Travis Manion Foundation 9-11 Heroes oh, Run. Oh, yes. Which is a, a run. It's like 60,000 participants all over the country. Oh, my goodness. To honor those who we lost on that day, first responders who did their best mm-hmm. to save people, and we mm-hmm. lost some of them as well, famously, as mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and all those who continue to serve after and mm-hmm. now. And so it's always a nice event. But this year, it rained like hell. Uh, oh, it was a miserable weekend. Oh, man. Miserable. We looked out the windows on Sunday morning as we're getting ready to leave, and I had gotten the girls all set with their Travis Manion Mm. Foundation gear, travismanion.com, if you'd like to find out more. Definitely. (laughs) I'm on the board, so we have lots of gear. So I have all their gear ready. Everybody's ready to get dressed. The baby's got the clothes. We look outside. It is raining cats and dogs, which the race director had intimated, but I was like, nah, it'll be fine. Mm -mm. (laughs) So we go out there. It's it's luckily chilled out a little bit before we get on the course. And I took the girls with me, stroller and the girls, for like a, a fast walk, 5K. Yeah. I was not going to – I didn't make them run the whole thing. Steve took off and did the, the real thing. And a thi- a, an embarrassing thing happened to me, guys. We ended up being last. Okay, define last. Okay, so it was a very it was a very small race because oh, a lot of people I was didn't end say, up. I hope it was a small race. A if... lot of people signed up, but a lot of people ended up not oh, because coming of the weather. It was raining. inclement. But we had a great, enthusiastic, wonderful group, and it was a beautiful race course. We had a great time, and also it was not hot, which is nice. So we're walking the whole thing, and I realized that most of the walkers took an early turn, and I did the whole course, which is what we had planned to the do, t- <laughs> and for like the last. The last like three quarters of a mile, I have a cop car like inching along behind me because because they have to open the road again. It's like you know, and it's like, just a neighborhood road. It wasn't a big deal. You know, like on, in the marathon, right? And and the the pressure is on because there's the bus. Oh yeah, the, beat the, the bus. bus. Beat we, the bus. I had to beat the bus. So that was you. It was me. Oh my god. It was me. And you know what? what, what well, I mean, uh, like I said, no, no, <laughs> no shade. 
but other people took a shorter route. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we were. Were you doing what? what the, Steve you... is at the end. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hear it from him when I get down there. So, what 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 kind of a pace were you doing? Oh, not fast. I mean, yeah. I think the whole thing took like probably 45 minutes, uh-huh. maybe yeah. a little longer. Anyway, whatever. Might have been longer than that. But, anyway, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm looking at you. If they could see, I'm looking at you. I'm very skeptical. I'm yeah. just like, hmm. Okay. Look. That's look. Fine. That's look. Fine. That's fine. I can be fast, okay? In Just fact, right now. for the record, in 2019, I won the women's age group, my my age group, with like a 26 or 27 minute. Is that right? Does that sound respectable? For, yes, for I think that's a, correct. A 5K. Yes. Yeah, that's great. That's better. So I have yeah. a medal in my drawer, okay? But this was not the year for it. No. <laughs> and the weather. They should take into <laughs> account the weather. So. At any rate, look, it happens to the best of us, I guess. Does it? Anyway. Also, I noticed. I hope there I, were no like wheelchairs, and no, then you wait, still came in last no, behind but, the wheelchairs. No, but if you do the Marine Corps Marathon, you will get just totally dusted by amputee oh sure. runners and yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. with just, like just just taking you out, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so so I'm not ashamed of that. They're much better than I am. Or guys rucking with like a hundred pounds on yeah. their back. At any rate. We came through at the end. Steve oh. Steve cheered us through the end. <laughs> the girls the girls ran through, yeah. and I, I brought the strollers through. To be fair, I had two kids and a stroller. That and makes I, a huge difference. I thought later, by the way, I did, the I did run one for real with two kids and a double bob jog stroller one time. And that was worth about eight to ten miles. That was not a three-mile adventure. That oh, one hurt. Man. But I looked back at my pictures, and I have a, I have a picture of each child at her first... 9-11 Heroes run because I take them yes. all. So the first one was about a month old. And I took her out there. Uh-huh. I even got her a little number so she could have oh. one for her scrapbook. Nice. Took her out there, ran the 5K. She That's did it. right. I ran the 5K then. I probably have no excuses now, now that I say that. Anyway, <laughs> do the thing. Was not last. Beautiful picture of her swaddled with her little number oh. on. The second kid, a little older. She has her number on her mm-hmm. back. I have a beautiful picture of her dressed up in her red, white, and blue. Third kid dressed up to the nine. She's got all the Travis Mannion gear on because I got baby gear too. I got all of it. Put her in the stroller. Steve covers the stroller with a kitchen trash bag because it's raining so much. And the only picture I have of her is of the trash bag covered stroller. (laughs) And she's she's behind the trash bag. Yes, she's the third kid. That's lovely. So now we can frame all those pictures next to each other. Anyway. I'd love to see that picture. We were last. Good for you. But you know what? <laughs> you did it. You finished. You finished. Somebody, one of my kids was like, the, I mean, it's not like we lost. And I was like, I mean, technically, I think we lost. <laughs> you know how they say, you know, there's, 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 there's no, there's no second place or there's no, you know, but well, there's no last place. Either. That's all. It, it makes no difference. You're fine. I felt like it made a little bit of a difference. Anyway, <laughs> it's good for my, it's good for my pride. Next time around, we'll speed it up. At any rate, in news. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. From the grocery store to the gas station, working families are getting hammered by rising prices. But instead of focusing on inflation, Congress is pushing anti-innovation legislation that will impose more financial burdens on working people and seniors. Their misguided agenda could cost public pension plans $109 billion. Teachers, firefighters, and nurses would pay the heaviest price. Congress needs to focus on inflation and leave American workers alone. 
we gave you the preview last oh, yeah. week, uh, but it turns out that uh, that the Queen did pass away. London Bridge has fallen. Yes, uh, I, is down. I say that we can't fully blame Vic, who has a reputation for taking out people he mentions on podcasts, he, because he did not mention the Queen. No, I gave her a reprieve from death. Yes, in fact, in fact, several months saw, ago, yes. several months ago, I literally cut Vic out of a podcast mentioning the Queen because I was like, "This is not going to so, be on us." Uh, listeners to the show who, maybe if you don't follow the Sub Beacon on Patreon, maybe wondering what are we talking about here? And it it was just a weird thing that happened. You know, I've been doing the Sub Beacon now for oh, six oh, six years, a long time, a long time, and. We were doing one of those Star Wars movies, and I had made a joke about Carrie Fisher and, 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 and say, oh, she was great. Her CGI was great. But of course, you know, I was making a joke because her acting was so bad that I said she was whole CGI. But in fact, you know, she was alive. Anyway, the day after the show, she died. Oh. And that was unexpected. And then it happened with a few other Just people. Just kick, kicked off a tradition. Neil, Neil Pert from Rush. I, it was yeah. like a random mem- mention Very of him. Very random. And, and then that happened. And then there's a few others, but we're not going to mention. Anyway. No. no. So, but And also, I like the point that the Queen was 96. She was 96. That's what I said. It, it can't all be on us. No, no. But I did cut him out of a podcast saying, referring to the Queen yes. from several months ago so that we could not be responsible she for She was that. able so. to appoint her 15th prime minister. She was. And I felt like, you know, because I know the Queen so well. It felt like a very, we all her, do. We all do. A very her move. It was like last duty discharged honorably. That's she it. looked lovely. She had a big smile on her face. You could tell that she had certainly, like, not been at her best for a while because no. we hadn't seen her Did at events. you see that? Now, this is what everyone says. If you look at her hands, the yes, bruising. very bruised. It's very yeah. just bruising. And if you know anything about this, it's usually the extremities where you, they start the discoloration. That's yeah. usually a sign that it's going to happen soon. So yeah. it happened. So, yeah. but God uh, bless her. A, a figure of, you know, an icon. I mean, an actual yeah. icon for for yeah. the last, what, 70 years. We say 70 that a lot, but she really is. Yeah. And sort of this bridge, I was going to say, between sort of our modern world and sort of the world of the British Empire. If you think she was young enough to her, she was old enough that she remembered her grandfather, who would have been Edward VII, and, wow. and his wife, Mary of Tech, the Germans, you know, and 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 all through that time. I mean, that's just a whole other world. Well, and she's such an interesting figure because, and a lot of people know this by virtue of The Crown, which is the Netflix series. Oh, but, it's a great series. Which is great, yeah. but she was never supposed to be on the throne. Now, this was something that was put before her by a various, you know, yes. weird, weird ha- happenstances in history and her, mm-hmm. her uncle abdicating, her father becoming right. king, king Duke him, of Windsor. him dying. And so as a 20 something, this is, this is on her. And, and I just think as the crown over, uh, you know, emphasizes constantly is that her, her duty was to this institution. And I think she just, someone mentioned that maybe it was Piers Morgan, that she had a way about her, even though there was like all this incredible pomp and circumstance around everything that the queen does. Right. She had a way of not being a grand person. Right. Like she was just, she seemed like kind of weirdly normal at times. Yes. Sort of this, it was definitely sort of this down to earth aura that she had that made people like probably feel relaxed, even though I'm sure it was very exciting yeah. to see the queen. For me, I think the big question now is now that we have King Charles III, the future of the Commonwealth. Right. So a lot of these... You know, the Commonwealth is, I don't know, correct me, I'll, I'm, I'm sure listeners will correct me, but it's something like 53 members, and it includes members of the realm and some republics, and, you know, but they don't pay taxes, right? This is not like right. the British Empire of old, but they're part of this Commonwealth, and they support each other economically in many different ways, and through values, shared values and things. 
And they all love the Queen, even though they wanted to break away from Britain, right? right? From the Commonwealth. Right. Now, but they loved her. And now that she is gone, will they want to stay under King Charles? As the Queen herself did with such unswerving devotion, I too now solemnly pledge myself throughout the remaining time God grants me to uphold the constitutional principles at the heart of our nation. And wherever you may live in the United Kingdom or in the realms and territories across the world, and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavor to serve you with loyalty, respect, and love as I have throughout my life. Charles III is not, it's fair to say, beloved. And perhaps he will grow in the role. You know what is one thing I appreciate about him is that he he already said that everybody should avoid the private jets coming over for the funeral and the coronation. Oh, that's his big environment thing. He's He's an environmentalist. And I got to say, respect for, uh, for actually living... That value to some extent, mm-hmm. although uh, you're part of the monarchy he, and like how often yeah. do you take a private plane? Probably pretty often. But it seemed it seems like a more than a lot of folks do who are environmentalists. Is he suggesting they all come by like commercial flight? Yeah, and he also he requested that, I believe, and he also said that they're all going on a bus together to the funeral. I think that's a there are security concerns. <laughs> I know, so, I know. And certain like but and you'd also have like who's gonna maybe sit with that's, who on the bus? Maybe who, that's Charles the Third's plan. <laughs> that's right. And who's gonna sit with who on the bus? You know, who's going to say, you know, with, with, with the king of Morocco and versus, oh, you know, other. So much drama. Every, you know, it's, and do the cool kings and queens, do they sit in the back of the bus? Of course. <laughs> of course. And like the, like Liechtenstein, they're in the front, right? Uh, Monica, you know, so. I, hey, hey, don't yeah. knock. Don't, don't knock, knock Monaco. Like, oh, that's true. Monica a lot of good gambling Mon- there. Monaco is, is, is big in their world. That, that's very true. I think that if I were a British subject, I would like to be part of the realm. Okay. Now, not then, but now. I mean, the I mean, way it's it a is. cool name. It's a cool thing to be a part of in this sort of modern day. When we went to Grand Cayman in 2018, and I had a Grand Grand Cayman. Granted, is a British overseas territory. It's not right. a realm, right? So it's directly under the British. But still, you fly in, you walk, you walk out of the plane onto the tarmac where it hits you with that, you know, the the the, the balmy weather, and you walk into the passport control office, and the first thing you see are two enormous portraits of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Oh, Philip. really? Yes. It's like, and it made you feel like, oh, well, I feel safe and welcome and they're smiling and this is great and everybody's happy. And there's, and, and, and of course, Grand Cayman, like the British Virgin Islands, low crime. Yeah. You know, it's very safe. You don't have to lock your doors. You right. know, I mean, you can walk around at night. Everything is great. And I like that. So. I think there was, the, you know, there's some discussion and a bit of cancellation of anybody who knocked the monarchy actually there's and this is a good reason to love our first amendment there have been some arrests in the uk of oh. people protesting the monarchy at these events which i know this is uncomfortable and perhaps you could move that person to another place where they're not offending the family or what have you but you have you should have the right to knock the monarchy mm-hmm. while this is happening as i my my thought on it is that i've always, I, look do i think the monarchy is silly yes but i never thought that queen elizabeth was silly and I thought she was a serious person. And, and also, do I see some value now that our now that our politicians are just celebrities? Do I see some value in creating a celebrity family that gets all of that sort of tabloid attention instead of the celebrity instead of the politicians? Yeah. Don't hate it as long as they don't have a lot of power and they don't have a lot of power in a constitutional monarchy. At any rate, there was some hate. Excuse me. There was some hate about anybody who, who said, went after colonialism and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. And there was some hate 
for Queen Elizabeth, which I don't like oh. that right after somebody dies. Like, Including the, 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 the journalist who wrote that glowing review, a profile of AOC and GQ. Oh, of course. Yeah. Look, I don't, I don't love it right after someone dies. But do I think there's room for context about and a discussion about colonialism without contempt for this person? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. What I don't understand is why, why you have to be so awful about it. Like yeah. there are going to be complicated yes. feelings yes. about the, the le- British Empire. The, I understand that. The leftist academic who said that she hopes the queen suffers an excruciating death. Yeah, it was a lot. That was a lot. That's a bit much. Yeah, that's a bit. I I did. I try to be consistent on the on the speech stuff, and I was like, what what rule did this violate on Twitter? Because it got taken down. Yeah, and it's well, like that's, just if you show your yeah. ass, like you, you know, we all get to pick on you, and then uh-huh. we all move on. Someone said it's wishing harm to others, uh-huh. which well, I guess if the if this queen was still with us at the time, sure. Be, but, but I but I thought well, but if the other is not with us, I'm not yeah. sure. At any rate, it's just being mean. I have no wish to overly no, defend no, this no, person. No. I just thought. You know, let people have their bad takes. How did you feel about Megan and and uh, Harry <laughs> you, coming you back? It. Thank you. Woo. You know what? That's uh, what Megan. Megan yeah. would love that she has eclipsed him. Yeah, no, mind. really. Megan Markle and the and 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 the other dude. Look, yeah. Let me let me briefly state my my Megan position. Was open minded when she sure. first became engaged sure. to Harry. I thought I found her quite charming in yeah. her intro mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. I liked her green sleeveless dress. I thought it was beautiful. She seemed warm and lovely. Now, since then, things have taken a turn. They've taken a turn, Vic. Yeah. (laughs) And I understand the royal family being extremely wary about being in the same room with Harry and Meghan. Because any conflict, as she said in her cut, the cut interview, she said, I can say whatever I want. They never told me not to say stuff. And like, like she, it's an implicit yeah. Not exactly implicit threat. That was just a week before all this happened. So now there's drama because there's always drama because the brothers are not getting along for no. a couple years no. now. And Harry was not on the Royal Air Force flight up to S- Scotland. The Balmoral. Or, yes. Yeah. He came on a separate flight. Now, there's some discussion of whether that was because he refused to go without Megan. And the family was like, look, Kate's not even coming. She's back with the kids. Right. At any rate, we don't know the the settled details of that. But mm. he he went by himself and left early. And then there was some kind of reconciliation because they all gathered for the for walkabout. Walk. They did a walkabout. The walkabout with the flowers. And I actually think, look, that that seems like the right move. Yeah. We have unity in this moment. What do you think they talk about? Oh, my Lord. I don't know. <laughs> Not much. And th- this is the part that gets me is that all the a lot of the columns are framed like, will they mend fences? Mm. Is this the beginning of a new right. chapter? And I'm like... It shouldn't be. If you know that somebody is going to publish a memoir about yes. you in several months, yes. you should not be consorting with that person on a regular basis. Yeah, that's who, right. who has shown that they're going to blow you up. It is, you know, uh, it is not the fairy, uh, as a friend, a British friend of ours told me, it is not the fairy tale it's cracked up to be when you decide to enter this family because, in fact, you know, these castles are very drafty and dank. They got space heaters. It's not modern, you know? No. It's not, you know, it's not, well, I mean, wherever Harry and Meghan live now, like in California, wherever, I'm Montecito. sure. Montecito. Montecito. You're up the, on all this. The yeah, Duchess yeah, of right. Montecito. Oh, wow. It's very, I'm sure it's very nice with all the current 21st century amenities. That is not the case. It, it It's drafty. It's dank. That said, I would still take it. 
No, that's the thing. Is like, is it a tall order to enter this family as Diana yeah. showed? Yeah. As Megan showed, as Kate did for yeah. for eight years when she was picked on in the press yes, yes, yes. in the tabloids yeah. called Waity Katie was a, oh. her famous oh. nickname because yeah. she'd been his girlfriend for so long and not not <laughs> affianced. Oh. But it is it's tough. The British tabloids are tough. They were often unfair to Meghan at the beginning, and Harry rightly stood by her on racial oh, issues because sure. they were like not yeah. cool. Yeah. That's my, I'm a professional speaker. They were like, not cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, we get look, it's it was nice to make the gesture mm-hmm. for the brothers to come together. I do think that if you continue to mend fences, that's not going to maybe serve everyone. But we'll see. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And we'll see if these other nations leave the Commonwealth. Here's my last prediction. Which no, I, is, do, I do think there's more chance of that because there's a, think, a lot of rustling. Yes, there is. And you know what's not going to help? They're going to replace those portraits of with, with Charles and Camilla, oh, and I don't yeah. think it's going to have the same effect of seeing Camilla, the when, queen, the queen consort. Yeah. Okay. When you get off the plane, at any rate, there will be many, many days of mourning, mm-hmm. and anyway, prayers, prayers for the queen, and I, right. I guess the new king. I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> again, yeah. the monarchy is not my thing, but I know our Charles, friend, Charles our friend Sunny yes. Bunch, who oh. is on the the. The sub beacon with you mm-hmm. always says, like, look, we fought, fought a war so that we didn't have to care about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I say that's incorrect. <laughs> we fought a war so that we have the freedom to care or not care about it. And by the way, not subsidize it. There you go. So I get to get all the drama without any of the cost. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. And may Charles III have a better fate than Charles I. I'll leave it at that. Look it up. <laughs> I have, so I've heard. All right. Moving on. The over the weekend, Ukraine surprising many, I would say. This was not this was not on the radar. No. But there was a big counteroffensive to take back a lot of land that had been taken by Russia, and it was successful in many cases. Now, obviously, fog of war and Ukraine is re- really good at wartime propaganda. So <laughs> I just sure, want to be careful about yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly what happened here, but you see pictures and video and reports coming of, for instance, you guys will remember Kharkiv, which was yep. a place that was occupied mm-hmm. by the Russians, mm-hmm. being liberated by Ukrainian forces. The question is, how long can they keep these areas again when the Russians perhaps inevitably want to come back and take them? That's right. They're obviously not going to make a peace deal, which I've never thought that they should by giving up yep. territory because now they've regained territory. Right. And on Russian TV, some who will likely find a an apartment with a a rickety balcony soon. Balcony uh, yeah, railing soon. Right. That's a reference to how Putin critics often fall out of windows. They've said, ooh, whoever told Putin this was going to be fast and easy, yeah, they were wrong. This is not going well. That's right. When you're beginning to see grumblings from within Putin circles, that's something for him to worry about. When, like, you know, his Chechen allies and other purported allies are complaining about the lack of progress that's a bad sign. It really took a lot of people by surprise. And I think, I mean, in terms of what, there's so much we don't know, but it is revelatory about the state of the Russian army. When you're hearing so many stories of Russians just fleeing, dropping their weapons, wanting to dress in civilian outfits. Because Riding bikes out of there. Yeah, they're just getting out in any, any which way they can or negotiating a surrender of, of forces because they feel that they're going to be encircled. That is a very big deal. And uh, the Ukrainian advance is impressive. But as you mentioned, the key is for them to hold it. So they're trying to, I think, get as much as they can before, as, as they say on the Game of Thrones, on Game of Thrones, winter is coming. I mean, yes. because and it comes quick. In, That's in, true. In, I was thinking about the, in, when, when, when the Germans invaded Russia in 1941, 
I think it started snowing in October, Oof. <laughs> which is not a good sign for the Wehrmacht. And it is not a good sign if, 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 if you know, where, where the Russians are going to be, because if they're pushed back now and they can't get back into this territory, then it stands still because you got winter and then you got the spring, which is mud season. Yeah. And then not until the next and, 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 and summer. They, yeah. And they were already having trouble with Russian tanks. And, and, they, and, and they are and they are asking. That's right. And they're also asking for help from North Korea and Iran. Yeah. Then that doesn't put him in a, a, a good situation. The military strategist Ed Lutwak, who I find terrifying and intimidating because I've worked with him. He I published him. He's just very smart. But I'm just scared of him because he's very <laughs> Yeah. He's a military guy. He his, he says that Putin has only two choices, which is conscription, right, which people are pushing for right. because this is the only way you're going to have reinforcements at this point, or resign. He cannot preside over a military loss is right. what he says. I, I think that – and I hope one of the other options is not tactical nuclear strike, which some yeah. people throw out there. Or let's, or perhaps negotiate a, a peace. But again, that would put him in a position of weakness right. because there's no reason for the Ukrainians to seek peace at this point when they may possibly be able to get more. Meanwhile, Zelensky, with a, again, he has quite a media mind and a, a flourish yes. when it comes yes. to public speaking. His message to Russia, without gas or without you, without you, without yeah. light or without you. Without you, without water or without you, without you, without food or without you, without you. Cold, hunger, darkness, and thirst are not as scary and deadly for us as your friendship and brotherhood. Take that, Putin. Thank God that was the last line. If I was, words could kill. Yeah, I was afraid the last line was going to be, I can't live with or without you. Is really just... All right, for the older our older listeners will appreciate that oh joke. Oh, my god. I don't know, Jennifer's like, I have no idea what I'm talking They both start with a U. I'm sorry. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay. But, yeah. Wait and oh. see. More more wait and see. Wait and see. All right. We have this one kind of got by me. And I try not to let these get oh. by me, but there's the story out of BYU. The a, it's crazy. a Duke volleyball player accused the BYU crowd in Provo, Utah. They were playing a game against BYU of hurling racial slurs at her every time she served the ball. She's a black player on the Duke team starter for them. A politician, I believe aunt of hers, amplified this this accusation uh-huh. and it got coverage in many, 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 many outlets and sort of caught fire as these things often do. But we're now like two weeks into this story, a week and a half, two weeks into the story. And BYU, in concert with Duke University, by the way, mm-hmm. looked into this, looked into this and found despite there being security camera footage, other kinds of footage, game footage. They sort of, they isolated crowd noise to try to find things. They interviewed more than 50 attendees Mm -hmm. and could not find anyone who had, they couldn't find evidence on video and they couldn't find anyone who had heard this. And they revoked the ban on the BYU student who they thought might have been the person and said, oh, sorry, thank God that person's name didn't come out, by the way. Oh, get it. But- it leads. It's back to this issue with media, which is you have to be able to corroborate things. The yeah. first run at the story mm-hmm. should have some attempt at corroboration. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times's first version of this story did not and mm-hmm. sent the message that this was a like a just an, right. an arena teeming with racism on the verge of violence. Mm-hmm. And it seems clear from video yeah. 
that that at least was not the case, right. even if there's an outside chance right. that something happened here. It, it was it was a weird story, but people oftentimes want to jump on this because it gives them, you know, they're, they're looking to go after it and it's kind of a story and, and, and make a big flow, a, a mess of it, as it were. But the idea, the, the racist heckling thing is, my first thought was, I didn't realize there were that many people going to a women's volleyball game who were racists. You know, more of these Mormons. Do you want to hear my politically incorrect take? Yeah. It is that I refuse to believe that anyone cares enough about women's volleyball to hurl racist slurs in attendance. Okay, just so our listeners know, that was Mary Catherine Ham. So I did not say that. I was I was making a suggestion. I like look, that's a lot of passion. I've been to friends I, volleyball games and there's like a dozen of us, okay? I, this is I have been a women's athlete. Yeah. Much love to the yeah. <laughs> to my fellow athletes. Although it does appear that there were a lot of people in this crowd, so I'm sort oh, of contradicting yeah, yeah, myself. Sure they, we're not always the biggest draw. No. I I, w- I would say the it was like you know, I, picturing a fan being like, oh, I, I'm a racist fan. I love women's volleyball. Let's say some terrible things, you know, <laughs> going to this game. So I'm glad that the investigation ha- has turned this up because my first thought was, look, racist heckling is awful. It's happened. But this isn't, you know, this isn't Jackie Robinson playing at Fenway Park. Well, and also there you know, were, this there is were not, as soon as this yeah. came out, and by the way, it was her, excuse me, it was her godmother who is a politician who amplified yeah. this. She contemporaneously reported it inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. They had police sit with Duke players yeah. and sort of guard them in the stands. So this was taken very seriously from second one. Yeah. And BYU sort of preemptively apologized and then did the investigation. Duke, despite being involved in the investigation, put out a statement saying that they stand by all their players, just as they stood by the lacrosse uh-huh, players, lacrosse you'll remember. Story. No, they did not. But it, after this allegation was on Twitter... People start saying this has happened for years at BYU yeah. events, at all yeah. the BYU events, and I just thought, okay, but if it's been happening for years, and that was sort, of, it sort of brushed by me last week when I saw that. If it's been happening for years, I feel like mm-hmm. we would have seen evidence mm-hmm. of it. That's right. And again, and women's volleyball is notoriously racist. The fans. A friend of mine played on a Big East basketball team against Georgetown in the 1980s. And the racial heckling that happened against Patrick Ewing is was awful. I'm not even going to describe the incidents, but it's unbelievable. That was in the 80s. But this is not the case here. Well, and these so. things do happen. Yeah. It's just that yeah. it is the responsibility of That's the right. press That's right. to make sure that the thing happened. And, and in, in the fact, absence yeah. of any witnesses yeah. to say that it did, yeah. beyond the people sh- this one athlete reported it yeah. to— Including, she talked to her dad on the phone as well, said she was very upset about it. But the picture given by press was really that this would have been an undeniable stew of racism should right. you see it on video. But then you see it on video, mm-hmm. and that right. is definitely not yeah. what is happening yeah. in that arena. Yeah. yeah, this is like Covington Catholic Part 2. <clears throat> yes. Well, CNN did a segment. Oh, speaking of which. <laughs> CNN did a segment called Upon Further Review. Now, it's John Avalon giving voice to this. And I'll just let him say it. It's a bit of a long click, but it lays out sort of what's happening here. That's right. We're, we're starting something a little different today. It's a new segment that updates the initial official version of the story once more facts come in. It's a form of journalistic accountability, and we're going to call it Upon Further Review. Now, volleyball is rarely the source of serious controversy, but it went straight to the front of the Outrage Olympics two weeks ago when a Duke starter named Rachel Richardson 
made the explosive accusation that she and other black teammates were subjected to racist heckling while playing a game against Brigham Young University. Now, obviously, this kind of heckling is totally unacceptable. And the country rallied around her, with stars like LeBron James offering a statement of solidarity. Her family appearing here on CNN amid some 65 separate articles written about the controversy. The University of South Carolina women's basketball team even announced their decision to cancel all games against BYU. Now, for their part, Brigham Young University offered a wholehearted apology. BYU Athletics pronounced a zero-tolerance policy against racism. They banned a fan who'd been identified as making the racist slurs. They also launched an internal investigation. But that's where the narrative started to fall far short of the initial indignation. Because when BYU released its findings, after reviewing all available video and audio recordings and reaching out to more than 50 folks who attended the game, including Duke personnel and athletes, they stated that they had not found any evidence to corroborate the allegation that fans engaged in racial heckling or uttered racial slurs at the event. That seems pretty important. And here's the thing. Again, it's not that this does not happen. It is that it is incumbent upon the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, whoever it is, Mm -hmm. to be doing the research looking for the corroboration to begin with. Instead, it was left to a conservative newspaper at BYU and a a, a BYU alum, Andre Hutchins, Mm -hmm. who ran through as much video as he could possibly find and was like, I just can't find this. And that should be part of the first wave of stories, not two weeks later. And yet South Carolina Gamecocks women's basketball is still not going to play them because why? Well, and this is this is the story from the other side is because you can't prove a negative. Uh Right. Is that is that, well, you just think that this player is a liar and that's unfair and you can't make her unsafe or any of these other players and safe and there's systemic racism that leads you to believe that this didn't really happen and it's like okay but i need i need evidence yeah i will just say one last thing for me is i like this idea of a segment called upon further review and i and i i like to host a show after that and it'll be called and another thing that's just be just put my two cents in it you know because anyway i do appreciate the on on camera in-depth yeah Re-examination. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, and and I think that's a that it, that can be a strength of journalism. Stelter, formerly of Brian Stelter, formerly of CNN, would always say these corrections are a strength of journalism. Shows how <laughs> how how invested they are in getting things right. And it's like uh, sometimes, yes, mm-hmm. admitting you're wrong is the correct mm-hmm. thing to do and can be laudable. Letting yourself get carried away with a giant social media storm without checking the facts is not laudable. And if you get yourself down that path, then you should admit to it and say sorry. So I appreciate them re-examining here. There you go. And everyone else should re-examine their assumptions when they jump into these things. It's happened to me before. I will jump on a thing and then I'm like, oh, nope. That was that was incorrect. Let me see. Let me let me say in the same forum that I said it with the same same volume that I was incorrect about this. Social media has accelerated our reactions. That's the problem. Yeah. So we have to have immediate quick takes on social media within minutes, seconds and whatnot to be the first to beat everyone out. And then we have these things happen. Real quick. One Chick-fil-A responded to a tweet from Don who objected to the fact that there are no spicy nuggets. There's a spicy sandwich, but there's no spicy nuggets. And Chick-fil-A responded, hey, Don, like, would love to help you out. As soon as these nuggets come to your, your, and as soon as these nuggets come, your community community will be first to know. And a bunch of folks said, 
is that because he's African-American and his community allegedly in, enjoys a spicy nugget? That was that was the allegation on the Twitter. You know, if Chick-fil-A said, well, we can't wait to bring him to your kind of people, you know, I mean, OK, all right. That, that would be uh, I would call that the question. But it no, tur- it's ridiculous. It turns out that Chick-fil-A often uses your community mm-hmm. in responding to people because right. they do try to alert the yep. actual community mm-hmm. when the product comes to their Chick-fil-A. OK. On a, on, a, on, a, on a future episode, I, I do want to talk about the NBA yacht parties, but we're gonna, let's stay there okay, because we let's are, tease, yeah, let's, let's tease. Let's tease the yachts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have a whole yacht discussion. Oh my gosh. Because as you might imagine, Vic and I know a lot about yachts. We, we do. This is- this And is, master's degrees. And, it's, and master's degrees <laughs> and, and business. Okay. Until then, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am Mary Catherine Ham. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for being here. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Mm-hmm.